Alright Raiders, Laura Gargar here, also known as Reduction Raider. How you all doing? I hope you've had a good week. So you might hear some background noise in this week's episode, including a grumpy old man and a feathered friend named Alex. Because this week I'm with our guest in person in some beautiful green space. So without further ado, let's welcome them on. Hello and welcome to this week's guest. Can you start by telling us a bit about yourself? Hello, my name's Karen Heineke and I work for Walton Charity. And amongst many things, looking after various bits of land, I run a community allotment project here in Walton on Thames. It's actually lovely to be here in person. We have got Andy, but he's scuttled off somewhere, hasn't he? I think gone in search of a robin or gone to pick something. I'm not too sure what he's got growing at the moment. Yeah, no, Andy is one of the many allotment holders here on the on the site. And uh, we found a baby robin yesterday. So he's uh, gone to see if we can find the robin again. Oh, he is a good one, isn't he, Andy? Yeah, absolutely. And what have you got? What have you guys got growing at the moment? I mean, what's in season? Oh, oh, I want some strawberries. And I think the bumper harvest this year is going to be raspberries. We usually have a better crop uh, having winter raspberries. But this year, I think with that strange heat and then rain, we definitely have masses of raspberries that are about to be ready to picked, be picked. Well, that's good to know, actually, because I was given a raspberry plant for my birthday last year. And, yeah, and I wasn't very hopeful about this raspberry plant, but I've now finally seen that um, there are some green raspberries, so hopefully they go red. Yes, yes, yes. Talking about food, what's your current relationship with food like? Well, um, I've always tried to eat healthily. Uh, I, you could probably gather from the accent that I'm, I'm not English. I've, I've been lucky enough to live on three continents and and explore different cultures and had the opportunity to see how. I grew up in South Africa where it was easy just to go and pick a peach and nectarine and, and pomegranates and things like that. And then came to live in England where obviously people's focus is more on potatoes and Brussels sprouts, not as exciting. And then I had uh, moved to live in California for, for 10 years and there you know, it's a completely different lifestyle. Once again, lots of focus on fresh salads and, and you know, lots of things from warmer climates. Um, but now that I've returned to the UK with climate change and things like that, um, I'm seeing more and more things that I used to enjoy from my childhood that I'm able to eat once again and harvest here. That's really interesting because I've never actually thought about sort of climate change affecting what's grown. Oh, absolutely. Um, we here on, um, so I run this community allotment project um, here on this allotment site, which is a place for anyone and everyone in the local community can come together 
to grow fruit and veg. And um, we try to do things a little different to encourage people to eat more naturally fruit and, and you know, harvest themselves and, and eat without preservatives and, and things like that. And um, we ha actually have a white peach tree um, that I thought nothing would come of it. And it is actually covered in fruit. And uh, we got it from another allotment tenant who says he has so many, they just, they're growing there in the ground. And he's originally from Italy. So they've brought things like that from warmer climates to England. And we're actually seeing, being able to successfully grow things like that. And more and more allotment tenants are growing things like melons, chilies, peppers, not just in a greenhouse, but actually outdoors. Um, so there definitely is more and more opportunity to grow a, a wider range of, of vegetables. And some of those vegetables that are expensive in the supermarket and have traveled many miles to get here, you know, more and more people are trying to actually grow them here in the UK and harvest them themselves. And I guess that's helpful because then it sort of reduces air miles and, um, you know, any, I can't remember the term, but sort of something around, I guess, the um, footprint of exactly a food. And also I think, um, foods taste so much more real, you know, when you've actually um, grown them, you know, yourself and you, you know what's gone into growing that food. And um, it takes on a whole different flavour. I mean, we're not quite growing avocados here yet, but, you know, back in, in South Africa, a, an avocado that has been taken from the tree tastes so different from the avocados that are shipped here and ripened here so it definitely is you're getting more nutrition from the fruit you are you know not wasting all those miles to get the fruit uh, or vegetables shipped here so all in all it's a better thing but the flip side is, you know why have we got climate change so I suppose it's a good you know looking benefiting from climate change but um, you know the issue of climate change is something we do have to think about. First time I came to Andy's allotment and I came away with loads of fruit and veg and I came home and I can't remember exactly what I made but it must be some sort of salad and the food was amazing you know like almost orgasmic I couldn't you know, I'd worked with Andy for years so I was always getting a lot of his produce when he was bringing in and then it's um he was saying that actually sort of the sooner that you eat food from the exactly. ground sort of fresher it tastes I was really really taken aback well I mean that's the thing you know the the reason I run this project, community project, for anybody to come and join in. But a lot of the people that do come are dealing with a physical, mental or emotional vulnerability. And food is kind of when your life is chaotic and you're dealing with other things, food is quite low on the agenda. And being excited by food and that kind of thing. And so people coming to the project and me engaging with them, showing them that beetroot doesn't just come in one colour. You actually can get 
you know, yellow and stripy pink beetroot and things like that. So it's a visual sense when you, you grow your own and, and see other things, but also that taste. When they picking a raspberry and tasting the, the raspberry, you know, warmth straight off the bush, it it just has a feel, you know, feel good thing that goes on. And um, especially if you're trying to deal with other things in your life, having those small pleasures um, are huge. And of course, the puzzle of getting oneself well, whether it's mental or em emotional, that physical part is such a big thing. And if you don't eat well, and if you aren't putting in nutrients and things like that in your body, and you're using too many preservatives and things like that, it's not helping your recovery. So having a project like this, which helps people come and engage with food, they not don't realize it, but it's actually really helping their other vulnerabilities. On previous episodes, you corner from a lot me a uh, plot and planter letting scheme, and I've also spoken to uh, Lou from Toast Ale, they um, brew beer from surplus bread. And both of them have really spoken, as you just had, around the sort of therapeutic aspect of um, gardening and growing your Absolutely. own, growing your own veg, and even just being on this land. It, you know, it's beautiful. I mean, I wish this was actually was on a visual and people could see, but we're sort of sat out on a lovely uh, swing chair, and is that kale that I can see in front of me? Yes. And um, you know, and, and it's beautiful. You can hear the birds in the background. And I guess it's being here in that act of picking veg, planting veg, it keeps you very centred and there's something very mindful about that as well. I know. And, and for people, like I say sometimes it sounds quite corny, but it, it is true that actually coming to the allotments and getting your hands in the soil, they have done scientific experiments to, to prove that that actually is benefiting you physically as well as mentally but it feeds the soul it's it really does um bringing yourself to a bit of nature it, it definitely feeds the soul and i am always happier after spending any time um on the allotment and I don't mind how much weeding or anything that it involves it is definitely a a lovely place to be soil for the soul yes good soil for the soul. <laughs> soil for the soul and so I mean how does this differ from your past relationship with food well I suppose I've always uh, I, a mother looking at how to um, get more vegetables in my children's diets and it, it's always had a, a what I would consider a, a good relationship with food and it wasn't until I ran this community project that I realized how many people are sort of don't have a connection at all with the, the food that they pick up in the supermarket. Um, we run projects with the school across the road and do outdoor learning sessions with them. And their excitement, they, they are so, the teachers and sometimes when the parents come, they can't believe how willing the children are to try new things because they say that certainly never happens at home. Um, we grow 
purple auric, which is also called mountain spinach. And it basically is like a red leaf spinach. And I say, do you want to try it raw? And 100% of them want to try it. And um, so this this project has really opened my eyes to, to how we seem to have lost the link and the engagement with food. I just assumed the way I was with food is how everyone is. And, and now I'm seeing through, through the work that I do on this, this project how almost artificial it is that people go to the supermarket or I suppose now it's even a further link you just go online and you you don't even touch you know the the apples or smell the apples or, or whatever it is there's no engagement with the food you just see a picture and click on it and it arrives in a box at the house and I and I think that's tragic um it is tragic and I think it's well worth thinking about, isn't it? Because I remember, you know, sort of I've been at the supermarket with my sister and she will be picking fruit and veg by sort of sight, by feel, you know, and, and has spoken about, you know, that's what she would do with um, our father. You know, he taught her how to do that. Whereas I guess almost, you know, there's quite a um, age gap between my sister and I. And I guess with me sort of, you know, being a you know different generation, you know, you sort of grow up picking food by looking at a best before date. Yes, exactly. Instead of tapping, you know, a watermelon to, to or smelling, uh, seeing if it's ripe and, and things like that, people uh, don't appreciate it. And also, the more and more that link is, um, people are more nervous to try new things. And, you know, we're encouraged to have a rainbow of colours in what we eat and you know for gut health and things like that it's the, the variety and the amount of things that you you eat um that's actually important for the body and when all you're doing is going to your online favorites you know you're clicking yes i'll have what i had last week there is none of that variety. There's none of that seasonality because obviously growing on an allotment, you are harvesting in the seasons. And so, um, you know, you, you once again, eating real food. And I know, I know you are eating real food when it's delivered by your Ocado delivery man. But what I'm saying is it's just, it's, you know, Things like kiwi fruits that are all the same shape, and and you know, it, it, it is kind of is artificial, uniform and clinical in a way, yes. doesn't it? And it, yes. and I think what you're saying about the trying a variety of foods, it then sort of extends itself to different meals as well. Because um, the most recent thing that I had, Vandy, well, we'll see what I get today. But what <laughs> the most recent thing that I had was a bag of broad beans. Broad beans is not something that I would ordinarily buy from the supermarket. Even if I saw it yellow sticker, it's not sort of my first point of call, but actually he's grown it, he's given it to me. So I think, okay, well, I need to do something with this. And I was having broad beans and avocado on toast. I was adding it to stir yes. fries and salads. And I made um, a broad bean risotto. So I made a completely new dish because I had these broad beans that you know, prompted me to share the broad beans with a work friend because, you know, there is no best before that. But I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, <laughs> thinking okay, you know, some of these are going to turn. I need to make use of them. Yeah. And um, it could be more 
sort of, of a drive to make use of them because I know that somebody's put work into growing that. Absolutely. Um, through lockdown, because we couldn't meet on the allotment, um, we connected with a caterer who obviously hospitality was closed. She she didn't have any business. And her husband, the chef, um, I said, each week, could you come up with a veg, vegetarian recipe? And he did a meal for one, which was all the ingredients chopped up and ready. And so it was very easy to cook and almost assemble. And then below that, it was, if you want to do it yourself, here's what you need to purchase. And along with this food kit, we did activities, quizzes. We had Zoom calls just to keep all the volunteers engaged and connected over that, um, you know, tough period. But the food was one of the most talked about things. There were volunteers who would have said that they they knew their veg, um, but had never tried a parsnip, had always ignored a parsnip. But here was a recipe with a parsnip included, and they discovered, you know, I quite like that. And it was such a eye-opening experience for, for so many people in, in the the project just to try new ways with veg and um, it, it really was a fun fun engaging part of um, something good that came out of uh, lockdown. Food doesn't discriminate in a way you know it reaches all of us and I know you know today there's some people on probation here and you know and and I was speaking to uh, um, Lucy Vincent from Food Behind Bars on a previous episode about food as sort of um, a form of rehabilitation? Well, yes, we have, um, we work with the community payback teams um, who come and help on the allotment to do some help plot holders or do general clearance work or help us in the communal areas. And I know last year when we, it was uh, pumpkin harvest time and there were so many pumpkins and um you know, we grow gourds and all these wonky looking, strange looking pumpkins and things like that. And I was just offering to the um, the guys who had come to do their, their community service hours. I said, you help yourself. Do you want to? And they were, their faces lit up in excitement. Really, really? I said, yeah, take, take. And they went home with these lovely, strange pumpkins and and one was talking about how he had made a whole thing for his grandkids and they got so excited about it and um it 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 is once again it's about connecting with people in your community through food there was no cost involved there was just joy and um and i that's why i love my job so much is is just connecting with all the people in the community and getting them just to experience veg and fruit um, but fruit is a little easier people seem to like fruit more but vegetables and just just chop one up and and give it a go yeah that is actually really amazing and it's um food uh pumpkins is you know that really gets wasted doesn't it around yes. sort of halloween it's a bit of um a pet peeve of mine i guess with sort of pumpkins being bought to be carved and then discarded and 
So yeah, if people can be eating them, and um, <laughs> that's great in terms of avoiding food waste. Well, we have at the gate of the allotment site, um, it's a free veg box, and we actually have it um, on another allotment site as well. Uh, on this site, we're across the road from a school and a children's centre, and on the other site, it's opposite a, a care home. And um, what allotment tenants do if they have too many broad beans or, or whatnot, um, they could put it in the veg box. And and if you're there at the when school is let out and you see these children run to see what's in the veg box. And um, last year, a tenant took a large pumpkin and literally cut it up into quarters and wrapped it all beautifully and, and put it in the veg box just so that it wasn't sitting there for long before the school hours and it went in seconds. It was so exciting to, to see. And the allotment tenants have got so much enjoyment of sharing food this way that one even started um, cutting her lavender and leaving lavender posies uh, for people to, to take. And once again, it's just a way of reducing waste because you know we got surplus uh, fruit and veg and sharing it with people in the in the community and there's you know there's no judgment there's no um assessments or, or anything like that it's just available people can see it take it enjoy it and i think that's wonderful that's really wonderful and on that note what do you do well in terms of food waste Allotment holders, or you know, us included, we are big about composting. So, because you can't just grow and grow and grow out of the soil, and I, I try and explain to the school children that come here, you know, that we need our bodies need nutrition and things, not just water to to grow, and so does the ground to grow the fruit and veg. So, you know. The, the leaves of the rhubarb, you know, all that kind of thing, we, we compost. And if there is excess and we can't share it through the veg box or something like that, we will compost it. Um, we have actually this year um, added a wormery, which we're quite, quite excited about. And so the worms are busy eating away all my vegetable peels and and all that kind of thing and uh, making something called worm tea um, which is a concentrate that you can then water the plants and it's food for the plants but also making a rich compost to add to our plants so it's this continuous cycle of how to feed grow feed grow you know that's all connecting to the earth again and to the plants and and what goes in our bodies and and all this kind of thing so it's just that continuous cycle it's worm tea then <laughs> <laughs> well um that's the beauty of the wormery is uh, it's like a set of boxes on top of one another with grids so the worms can move about between the layers and a byproduct of of them doing um, eating away at all the you know the fruit peels and veg peels is the liquid that just comes through the grate and there's a tap your bottom tray will have a tap and you just turn the tap and 
There you get your words. Wow. <laughs> I've learned something new today, yeah? So with the wormery and the composting, has that helped any in terms of you guys reducing um, or not using uh, um, fertilisers? Absolutely. Better than actually putting organic, i.e., you know, the leaves from your your what you haven't used, you know, the lettuce that we haven't managed to harvest quickly enough and it's shot up um, or something like that. And it, it all breaks down into a almost a better food. It's in a natural form for the soil rather than taking some granules and spreading some granules around that's had to be produced you know, chemically shipped to a store that you've bought it, you've then used your car to buy it, drive it back to the allotment. Instead, it all happens here. And um, there really is no reason that you can't actually make your own compost enough that you don't have to use the artificial stuff. Um, it, it, you know, Mother Nature is amazing at actually doing it. She certainly is. Yes. She certainly is. Us women, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and is there anything that you want to do more of in terms of food waste? I want people to grow their own because I think if you grow your own, you're more reluctant to just throw it away because you put your heart and soul into growing that vegetable and so you will find a multitude of uses for a carrot you know whether it's grating it into fritters adding it to your spaghetti bolognese chopping up the extra bits and freezing it you you really will try harder I think to to use everything because you've put your own effort into it and and going back to how we started this conversation it tastes so great you don't want to just waste it um, so I'm I'm really about educating and enabling people out there to grow their own and we have five allotment sites that we manage and trying to get as many people in the community the opportunity to come and actually rent an allotment. And if they can't do that, come along to a community project like ours where you can also enjoy the harvest and um, not, you know, just you can, if you only need two carrots, you harvest two carrots instead of buying a bunch of carrots at the supermarket and throwing away three because you only need two. I mean, that's once again the beauty of growing your own, that it stays in the ground until you need it. And um, so there's less chance of waste. So if I, if I can get more people to grow their own, um, that is what I'd like to, you know, impassionate, if that's the right word, other people to do. So if that would sort of feed in then to the changes that you would want to see in the world, more people growing their own veg? hundred percent fruit and veg um you know fruit people it's so sweet and we have the whole issue about sugar and people eating too much sugar um natural sugars in in fruit is so much more healthier for you and if people could come and engage in 
in exciting things that people have not even heard about. There, there is a, a fruit called a, a Chilean guava um, that James Wong is very good at promoting alternative fruit and veg. And he talks about how, I think it's Queen Victoria, it was her favorite fruit. And they used to grow it in Cornwall and the trains would bring it up to her because she just loved this fruit called a Chilean guava. We don't grow it any, at all anymore. And we need to discover those things that were just growing out there and just start enjoying more and um, just it's really tragic that we people talk about the extinction of, of uh, animals and bugs and stuff like that, beetles and that. But actually, fruit and veg, they are varieties that are just not being grown and we should rediscover them. They were good hundreds of years ago and we should we should be growing them. And with climate change, we have the opportunity to grow lots of other things. Um well, I mean, I'd never heard of a Chilean guava. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. And I do wonder whether there's almost sort of something about maybe that would help climate change. Because I think if maybe perhaps then if we could sort of, if we're using climate change, and I suppose I'm just thinking out loud, but if we're using sort of climate change to um, grow more varieties of fruit and veg, the sort of the growing of the fruit and veg, would that then not have sort of a positive knock-on effect on climate change, I wonder? Well, I think the more things, growing things that we've got that, you know, can take in the carbon, you know, the air and all, or, you know, and do the whole oxygenating things, the more green things we're growing is going to help with climate change. Um, and eating less meat is, is a massive part of it. And if we can get more excited about fruit and veg, you know, and, and see that as as something that we could have a higher percentage of our our meals with, you know, that, that's definitely going to help. So we also grow something here called a cucumelon, and it's a cucumber, and it's really small. It's about the size of, what would you say that size is? <laughs> Melon on the outside, um, but when you bite this little thing, it's actually like a, a lemon cucumber, and it really has done something to the mind because you think you're going to have a watermelon, but actually you're going to have a cucumber, and children love it, and it's a, a vine that's small, and it grows prolifically i mean i have school groups here come and they will fleece it next group comes the next week and i have enough for the next group and it's such an amazing thing to grow in a pot outside your back door and there is something that's taking in you know the all the pollutants and it's going in it's a green thing and recycling the air but it's also growing these gorgeous little cucumelons that we can enjoy and add to as a snack kids lunches be perfect for it but also salads um, there's so much more to get excited about in fruit and veg and by eating more fruit and veg less meat we are helping the planet 
And I love the excitement that, you know, that you can sort of hear when you talk about food and also the excitement that you instill in others. Because I think the thing is with um, fruit and veg, veg especially, almost is seen a bit secondary to meat. So meat can often become the um, centrepiece on a plate and veg is just an accompaniment to that. And, you know, and it's nice to have, well, actually sort of have the veg at the forefront. Exactly. And I that has you you asked me earlier about my relationship with food. Um, you know, South Africans are traditionally meat eaters, and I'm certainly not a vegetarian. I love my meat. Um, but I've got to really love vegetables and the joy, the taste, the flavor, the excitement of vegetables. And my plate has definitely been, instead of majority protein and the carbs and the veg, it is now the the veg is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I don't think that's a bad thing uh, for my health. You mean the meat, sorry. Sorry, the meat. Yes, the meat is getting smaller. And, and I just think it's good for my health, good for the planet's health, and it's just good all round. You know, I, I would be hard for me to be a complete vegetarian um, because I do enjoy uh, protein but definitely I'm eating far far less and I probably only have protein two three nights a week now um, because I enjoy the vegetables so much the variety and how how much I can do with veg. Actually I think that is often part of the transition isn't it because um you know, I mean, I'm not going to try and convert you <laughs> today, but I sort of feel like my own journey into veganism, a lot of it was that sort of transition. And I think it was just the up in the veg. So it was like, oh, well, I'm going to stop eating meat. OK, well, I'm going to stop eating fish. OK, I'm going to see what it's like to be vegan. And it was and actually wasn't so much eliminating. It was putting more in my diet. So it was almost like the more fruit and veg I was eating, the less I was eating of um to me and a fish and yes. dairy yes yeah I, c- I can see that but i also hear um from people who have have tried to make that transition and and that term uh what is it a, a junk vegan because it's so easy to go and buy those vegan sausages and and all that kind of thing and um you know, for people who are missing the protein and um there is actually not as much good as going back to nature and just eating what's there in the ground you know that the whole thing about you know plot to plate I love that term because it's what you grow on the on the your plot ends up on that plate and um, we go back to the miles we go back to the taste we go back to you know so many things again how um, how easy it is to be healthier, not just for yourself, but, you know, for the planet. Really important point. Interesting, actually, because I was talking to a friend of my sister's and he's got rid of his fridge freezer. I know. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I could do that just yet. But he was saying, you know, it completely alters the way that you eat and that you think about food and like you said and I guess the, you know the emphasis is going to be on eating fresh harvested food and and I really like that saying plot to plate mm, no absolutely 
and and but it, you know as as I said before you know when you're growing it yourself you're only harvesting what you need and so you're not wasting by buying huge amounts in the supermarket that you don't really need you know if you're growing herbs um you know you just go and pick that bit of parsley that bit of coriander oregano whatever you need for that dish the day instead of buying that bunch that's in the plastic and you actually only use two stems and then it it doesn't last long in the fridge and it all gets thrown away um and it's just an incredible waste You've really inspired me. I'm mindful that it looks like it's about to start raining, actually. And it does feel that. Yeah. And, and not only has Andy not brought us a G&T, he's not brought us any umbrellas. So, um, so I think, yeah, shall we um, leave it there? I'm going to go and chase him up and see what produce he's got for me if he hasn't got a G&T. Maybe at least he's got a cucumber to put in it. Yes. <laughs> one. Oh, thank <laughs> you. It's been amazing talking to you. Thank you so much. Um, if anybody sort of wants to find you or the project, where, where's the best place to look? Walton Community, sorry, Walton Charity as a website. And if you go onto waltoncharity.org.uk, you will find the community allotment there as well as our other allotment sites um, as well. Thanks so much, Karen. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Oh, Raiders, how inspiring was Karen? I'm actually still at the allotment and I have managed to pin down Andy talking about soil mates. So there's no way I can have him go without saying hello. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to say more than hello? Yes. What else are you going to say? I don't know. All right. Well, you're going to impart some wisdom on the Raiders. Give, uh, impart something about yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> impart something. Yeah. All right. We've got everybody in the background now. Shirley's here. She gave me the raspberry plant. Andy's here um, saying hello. All right, so if that is all you were going to say, well, say one last thing then. Give us something to take away about the allotment other than veg. Give us, a, give the ravens a little bit of a take home. Oh, <laughs> I'll put you on the spot now, have I? All right, we'll just say goodbye. Bye, Raiders. Until next week. And if you can, please don't forget to rate, review, share and subscribe. Take care. Bye.